Good Wednesday morning and welcome back to the Risk Report. My name is Roman the Stoic. Today is March 3rd, 2021. And for today's podcast, I'm actually going to be going over, you know, something a little crazier of a subject. It's not going to deal with art or music. I mean, some some of it deals with art, right? Um, but today we're going to be talking about the ancient alien theory. We're going to be discussing some UFO topics. Um, and I know it's out there for some, but for others it makes sense. Um, just based on evidence that that there is. And, um, you know, just, just the fact of thinking how vast the universe is. You know, it's just impossible to, to think that we're the only intelligent life, the only civilization um, in the universe. So I've always been very, very fascinated with the idea and the topic of ancient aliens or uh, ancient astronauts, basically, um, and UFOs. Um, but the whole ancient astronaut theory really uh, kind of sticks with me because, like I said in a previous podcast, I, you know, I had briefly mentioned some UFO, ancient alien shit. But, um, yeah, I just feel like a, a, some sort of connection to it, to me, it, um, you know, to me, it makes sense. And, uh, and if it don't make sense to you, that's okay. You know, it's your opinion and, and I have my opinion. Um, and if you're a religious person, uh, or you, you know, you believe in, in God and this and that, you know, what is, what is, um, also believing in aliens and other civilizations? Why does that, you know, have to go against your belief in God, right? I believe in in some sort of a God. I believe in, you know, some sort of higher energy and energy that gives life. Um, and that's what I think that God is, right? But anyways, we're going to get into, yeah, <laughs> a crazy podcast today. So the Risk Report with Roman the Stoic today is going to be Ancient Aliens. Um. Let's see, my when did my start? I my interest with this topic started when I was I think around 14 or 15, 14. And my dad was really into the ancient alien show on on the history channel. And so, you know, I'd I'd be smoking a little bit. I'd be I'd be going out with the homies at 14, you know, we'd be smoking a little something, something. And then I'd come home. And my dad would have that shit on and I would just sit there with him and just watch and just my mind was blown away. Right. It's like, dude, what the fuck? This is, uh, this makes sense. You know, I'd be freaking out like, dad, this makes sense. (laughs) Why, uh, why are people not getting this? You know, why is this on the, why is this on TV? Right. (laughs) Why is this on TV? It's going to get canceled. And, uh, you know, as the seasons went on with that show on History Channel, the Ancient Aliens show, as the seasons went on, you saw that it just got more and more ridiculous, right? 
what they talked about and, and all that shit. It just got more and more out there and, and less and less of the evidence and more and more of speculation. But I would highly recommend for people to watch the first, I would say, up to two seasons of Ancient Aliens. The first two seasons really have the most evidence that they could have possibly put put into that show, you know, and then you get into these later seasons where it's like they're trying to correlate uh, uh, monsters and aliens, uh, myths uh, like like vampires and aliens and shit, just doing clickbaity shit. Um, but those first two seasons were hitters, right? They would break down, um, they would break down religious stories, religious beliefs, and they would break it into a sense of like, okay, well, what if? Um, you know, we take this in a more literal, literal sense. And so that's what we're kind of going to go over. I'm going to go over the, some of them because I, you know, I can't really do all of, all of the theories and ideas that, that make sense to me. I don't know if I could put it all in this podcast. This one's already going to be pretty dense from the shit that I wrote, but yeah, we're going to go over these, um, theories that make sense to me. And fuck it. We're just going to have them on the podcast, right? So let's see. Where should we begin? Let's begin with, you know, the earliest traces of human civilization, which is going to be the ancient Sumerians. Um, and the ancient Sumerians, right? They were in... Uh, Sumer, it's the earliest known civilization uh, in the region of southern Mesopotamia. And a lot of the Christian, Catholic, Judeo, Judeo-Christian beliefs, they came from Sumer, right? They came from Sumeria. Um, ancient Sumerians. Why isn't it popping up? Um, yeah, and they had, uh, you know, probably the wildest, uh, creation myth, creation story ever. And their creation story was that they believed that these beings, um, these gods came from some other star, some other star system. They came down to this planet. They made us in their image. We worked for them they dipped out. Okay. So that's their fucking in, in a nutshell, right? In a brief, brief nutshell, that is their myth, their creation myth. And every civilization, mostly around the world, they have a creation myth, right? From the native American Indians to the Indians of India, to, uh, the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans, the Japanese, the Chinese, and so forth. Um, they all have creation myths. They all have creation stories. They all have these deities. And it's interesting with some of the stories told over time, if you just kind of, it's almost like, uh, having an empathetic view where if you could place yourself in that position, then you can kind of understand. So if you could place yourself in that position of the story, you know, does it kind of make sense, right? Us now as humans, 2021 with Elon Musk, we're trying to go, you know, go back to Mars. Uh, 
start re mining resources in Mars, seeing the possibilities of colonizing another planet such as Mars, right? We're doing artificial inseminations on our own people, right? People that can't have babies, boom, we pump you up with a little jizz juice, right? You can have a baby in nine months, not that easy, right? But people can do fucking genetic experiments. People can fuse two genes together, you know? People can make the perfect pedigree pet just by fucking fusing genes together. What's to say we did not come from a race of beings, right? Our forefathers, whatever you want to fucking call it, uh, who made us, right? Who's to say they didn't do that to us? Who's to say we're not a race of people? We come from a race of beings that conquer planets and, and fucking suck it dry and then dip out when we got to dip out, right? Um, because when you look at what we're doing to the earth, it's pointing in that direction. You know, Elon Musk, he wants to go. He said he wants to die in Mars. Can you believe that? So if you can kind of put yourself in that position to think, I think these types of theories become a little more open. <laughs> so anyways, the ancient Sumerians, right? They believed in the Anunnaki. Well, later on, uh, people such as Zachariah Sitchin and Eric Von Daniken, these are archaeologists who studied these Mesopotamian cultures, specifically the ancient Sumerians, and they interpreted these, these um, I think they were called cuneiforms. It's like some f sort of hieroglyphs, right? You know, everything they did, they etched in, in stone. Um, so these guys, um, you know, they... They put out their interpretations of what these cuneiforms meant and said and what these people were, were trying to say or experiencing. Um, and in it, I believe it was uh, Sitchin who described that these beings came from a planet uh, known as Nibiru or Planet X. And it's a planet that uh, isn't necessarily in our solar system but every what was it 4200 years or something like that it enters our solar system the gravity pulls it in right some gravitational force i guess maybe it's an outskirt planet of its galaxy and it somehow whoop gets caught in our solar system and when that happens that guy theorized that these beings came came there. And so the whole thing was like, oh, they're going to come back. These fuckers are going to come back, you know, sell your gold. <laughs> We're going to have to mine gold. Um, and so, yeah, you know, just crazy out there shit, but those really kind of stuck out to me and look at the importance of Sumerian culture to this day, because it influenced, uh, Christianity and these Judeo-Christian beliefs and, and the whole religious sect comes from that area and and some of those beliefs some of those stories you know down to the creation is is very closely related and it's um, drawn from it it's almost like referenced from it right so the ancient sumerians is a good place to start um and then another thing that i was always super into was mythology right i was always really into greek and roman mythology the Odyssey, right? Homer's Iliad. And uh, 
I love those specifically, and I'm bringing those up specifically because they showed, you know, this is so long ago. These are ancient people, right? <clears throat> so these stories, you know, could be just taken with a grain of salt. But at the same time, uh, the Iliad and, and Homer's Odyssey, that shit that they still teach at school, right? You go to college, you take a philosophy course, they're still going to teach some shit like that. Um, or ancient Greek philosophers and stuff like that. So anyways, you know, when you look at those gods, those ancient Greek and Roman gods, the Romans named after the planets, you know, the Greeks, they gave them their name, right? Zeus, uh, Zeus, but in Roman, Zeus was Saturn and so forth. Um, these gods were flawed, right? These were flawed, flawed gods. They, uh, they would procreate with people, right? They would come down from the heavens. They'd fuck your girl, <laughs> get her pregnant and dip, you know? They would uh, they would do fucked up shit. They would uh, pit people against each other. They would cause strifes and wars and conflicts, right? And they had emotions too. These gods, right? Within these stories, you see that these these gods um, were flawed. Um, but when you break it down, like let's break down the fact that Zeus would come down to Earth. And he had a thing. He had a problem, right? Everyone, you could read it. And, and even the other gods and the stories and shit, they realize, yo, Zeus has got a problem, okay? Zeus has got a fucking problem. He likes leaving Mount Olympus. He likes to come down. He likes to fuck girls, right? He likes to bang human women and get them pregnant and dip. So he's got all these little demigods running around. Well, what if, you know, what if that's just an ancient person's way of saying, you know, some some being came down, some uh, divine being came down, um, chose to mate with us and left, right? They chose to like just bless us, right? And then you look at the things we have now, like I just said earlier, artificial insemination, man. You know, what's, what's it to stop, you know, uh, uh, being coming over in the ancient, you know, Greek times, <clears throat> a group of beings, right. Who are just basically running the earth. They're the gods. They have the technology of the gods, right. Who's to stop them from being like, wow, we're very closely related genetically to these people, these beings on this earth. Uh, what if we kind of speed up that process? You know, what if we give them, show them things, right? When you look at the case of Prometheus, right? Prometheus, Prometheus was um, flying in a, in a chariot where you could see a trail of fire. Right. And Prometheus gave fire to man. Prometheus gave uh, human knowledge. Right. He gave us wisdom. That's what is said that uh, Prometheus gave to man. So you're saying people are telling us in stories that they saw something in the sky uh, with a trail of fire, like like we see jets or, or fucking comets or, you know, right. Uh, they saw something flying in the sky and they alluded to that, that thing that was flying in the sky to giving them knowledge. Okay. These are just like the types of little things that kind of pop out and make sense to me where it's like, you know, it's not out of the, it's not, 
out of the realm of question for me to think that that could be a possibility, right? It's not to, I know how crazy it sounds too, right? But dude, life is fucking nuts. You know what I mean? I'm over here sitting in a room talking into a microphone and it's reaching a person that could be in another side of the planet, right? <laughs> so life is fucking crazy, man. Um, and to me, it's not crazy to think that these things might be, you know, it might have been people trying to tell us things that they didn't fully understand, you know. And and things could also get just super lost in translation, man. Things could totally be getting lost in translation. So another really crazy one, if we move from the ancient Greeks and ancient Romans, and we start looking over <clears throat> to the east more, and we go into the uh, ancient uh, Indians, the, the Hindu people, right? Um and the Hinduism beliefs, right? Their their story is fucking crazy. They've got this thing called the Mahabharata, right? And it's like the longest fucking epic ever written. It's um, you know, basically the longest poems ever recorded. And this is their creation story, right? This is their their story of how these uh these Hindu gods went about things. And in these Hindu texts and Sanskrit epics, I think they're called. They talked about these uh, these floating cities, right? These floating cities, I wrote it down here, is called, they called them Vimana, right? These Vimana are mythological flying palaces, right? These fucking people describe these chariots, these giant flying palaces um, that would hover over the land. And that's where the gods were, okay? Similar to like ancient Greeks and Romans, right? They they were up on Mount Olympus. They were chilling in the clouds in some metal, shiny, you know, this this illustrious place that you couldn't get to from Earth. It was but it was right over the earth, right? <clears throat> these people had these flying fucking palaces, right? Something that they, they would look at and they, they would describe shimmering, right? Uh they would describe fire coming out of it. But a uh, crazy thing with this one in the in the Mahabharata was that uh, there was a giant war um, at some point between these these uh, Vimana and the in the in the Sanskrit text they describe them as you know shooting things at each other. These flying cities would erupt into flames and fall from the sky to the ground. <laughs> I mean, you hear that, right? You hear that, and it's like, uh, okay, it could be a myth, right? It could be someone's crazy fucking imagination. Could be somebody's crazy imagination. Um, but when when was this shit written? You know, like, how old is this shit, dude? Let me, I got to find that. Because, um, because, uh, what they're describing sounds to me like a fucking, you know, like two flying ships fighting at each other. Two big-ass UFOs fighting at each other and one winning. Um, and 
And so, you know, you, when you think like that, or you think of shit like that. So this is 400 BCE. Uh, between the third century. Uh, between the ninth and century. Okay, so the epic itself, it was written around the around 400 before Christ, right? It was written about uh, 2,600 years ago. And it looks like the dates, the, the events that they talk about were in the ninth and eighth century. So this is old, man. This is old, 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 old. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of years old that they're that they're describing. So, you know, they didn't fucking. How do you describe a a, a big ass, you know, floating vehicle, you know, other than a, a big floating palace, <laughs> you know, big floating palace shooting shit at each other that would catch fire. Right. And just made incredible sounds of thunder and things like that. Sounds like a rocket ship flying into the sky. Right. We fucking propel rockets right now. SpaceX propelling a ton of rockets up into the sky and trying to bring them back. Um, so it's to me like I just see these correlations, these little hidden correlations that like. It's tough for me not to. Not to. um steer myself into that lane. And I've always been super interested in this stuff because, you know, maybe I am just out there and, and, you know, all this could be bullshit, right? All, all my, um, you could say correlations or whatever, they could be bullshit. It could just be, you know, people, some people think similar and you just gravitate towards that could totally be that. I'm not, I'm not ruling that out of the question either, but, um, you know, it's just interesting to note, man, right? You got those those ancient Romans and ancient Greeks. You had Zeus who was um, constantly just like having kids with human women, right? He had a problem with human women, um, and that's that he loved them too much. You got the Virgin Mary in Christianity who's never had sex, right? How do you never have sex with anybody and get pregnant? Well, if you never have sex with anybody but somehow get pregnant, what if somebody stuck you with a needle, right? They put a needle in your stomach or wherever they do that, and they inseminated semen in you. Ah, now I get it why it's called insemination and semenation. <laughs> God. That makes sense. Um, You know, you look at those Christian... Uh, those Christian ideals, man. Look at um, Noah and the whale, right? Look at Noah and the whale. This man gets eaten by a whale. He takes him this uh, this big old big ass fish takes him through the ocean and shows him all this shit. You know, he describes what he sees inside. Inside, it's the shiny, glimmering stuff. Um, he can breathe, you know, but yet he's seeing all of the ocean's vastness. Um, that sounds like a guy got scooped up in a fucking submarine to me. <laughs> That sounds like a man, an ancient man, got scooped up in some sort of submarine um, by God knows what. Um, you know, like I had had talked about knowing the flood in the last in a couple podcasts ago, but this was like a brief um, bringing up brief uh, thing. But there's basically this um, this doomsday bunker, this doomsday vault in Iceland. 
or in Greenland, and it ho- holds all the world's known seeds and um, a lot of the world's known DNA. So if anything were to happen to Earth, to humans and stuff like that, and people came, I don't know, human race survived or some other being survived and they, you know why why do we even have that in the in the first place okay why do we have a doomsday vault that if shit happens we could repopulate the earth or somebody else could repopulate the earth if need be if they wanted um so when you look at the story of the the flood um no and noah um you know it's like you can't put two of every animal in a fucking boat and and live, right? But you could definitely put two of everybody's DNA and two of every seed in a, in some sort of vault and and ride that out. So you know, it's like, all right, maybe you can if you if you look at these stories and try to look at them in a more you know literal sense and shit like that. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to think. Um. The Book of Enoch, right? The Book of Enoch is um, basically an account. And Enoch, I think, is an ancestor of Noah, right? Um, and So Enoch was an ancestor of Noah who was chosen by God to become a messenger of God. And um, to pretty much um, say the word of God, write the word of God. And the way that he did that was by going through the various gates of heaven, I believe. And uh, he he met various angels, right? But in it, in, in some of the in some of the um, stories, there's at one point where Enoch gets taken from Earth, and one of the angels takes him up. I don't know if it was the first or second gate or whatever. And what what Enoch describes in the text is. Um, you know, he saw the whole round of the earth, right? He was describing latitudes and, 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 and the vast blueness of the earth. Dude, this is like thousands and thousands of years ago that this guy is describing this. And he's describing the whole round of the earth. And we didn't think start thinking that the earth was round until I think it was like the 1500s or 1600s. So, you know, this is... Uh, these are just like weird, weird things, man, that, that sometimes you got to think about. And so what I'm talking about now is the ancient stuff. Um, what I'm talking about now is the ancient stuff. And we're going to go into the more recent stuff as well. I'm just going to cover, let's see what I'm going to cover. Um, I'm going to cover now, uh, ancient artwork that depicts UFOs. So basically, works of art, paintings, sculptures. I'm going to try my best to describe them to the, to the viewer, to the listener. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and look at them. And these are works of art that some of them are shit close to a thousand years old, if not older. Right. So most of them 500, 600, 700 years ago. And but there are some that push that thousand range, so we're gonna look at those, okay? All right, so the first one is the baptism of Christ, and this was written, uh, this was painted, I'm sorry, in 1710. 
Um, so here we have a very warm painting, right? Warm in the sense of colors. There's a lot of yellows, a lot of gold, a lot of brown, some red, right? Some maroon. And what it is, is it's a beautiful painting. It's basically <clears throat> the baptism of Christ. So there's a group of people crowded around uh, Christ and uh, the three wise men, right? Um, in the middle is Christ, right? Surrounded by the by a circle of people, basically. These people are, are looking on almost like from atop a hill, a little bit of distance between um, the three wise men, Jesus, and and the uh, the group of people. So uh, there's that little sense of space. So you see Jesus in the middle. It looks like he's kneeling down. Um, and there's a, the, the wise men. And over it is this like, basically Jesus and the wise men are in gold. And there's a stream of light from the bottom all the way up to the top of the painting. And at the top of the painting, there is a gold flat disc, right? If you look at the painting, you could clearly tell that this man knows how to paint well, right? He can describe figures very well. So what he has painted at the top of this fucking, uh, the top left of this painting well, it looks to me like a UFO, like what we have seen UFO images to be for the last fucking, I don't know, 60 years, right? The common iconic UFO. There's a, it's a flat fucking disc and it's got golden beams of light shining all the way down to fucking Jesus. All right. And that is a painting from 310 years ago, 311 years ago. So we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, the next one, of course, we're, we're going to go over this is Nazca Lines. So I'm actually going to pass that. We're going to go back to the Nazca Lines. This next one is the Annunciation of St. Emidus. It's 1486. So we're talking about 600, 540 years ago. And this painting, very, very elaborate. I mean, the the painting work is outstanding and here's the thing these are paintings that i i I'm a, i was an art major in college right i graduated with a bachelor in studio art and i took art history these are paintings that you go over because you you go over um the style the the <clears throat> how their craft right how good these fucking people are basically it's like how, how do we not lose this <laughs> because these people were amazing um, so this one's a very, very colorful piece. Lots of reds, lots of yellows, has more cool colors, but it's basically Mary Magdalene or the Virgin Mary. Sorry. The Virgin Mary is on the bottom right of the canvas. She's in a room and it looks like she's kneeling. She's praying. And outside of her window is the, uh, angel Gabriel, right? Looks like he's blessing her. He might be talking to her through the window, telling her something. But if you start scrolling up of this of this uh, painting, you notice in the top left corner, same thing like the, the painting we just looked at, a giant 
uh, well, this one's not giant, a little flat disc, right? A little flat disc. When you zoom into it, it looks like a UFO, dude. It's got little circles and shit around it, like little, like weird lights or something. It looks metal. Um, there's people looking at it. If you look at the other people drawn in the painting, they're like looking up and like looking at the sky, like what the fuck is that? Right. Um, and, and same thing, a little golden beam of light streaming from the UFO down to the Virgin Mary. Very interesting. And this one's called, uh, the Annunciation with St. Emmitus 1486. You know, this is interesting shit, dude. Why would people be, <clears throat> why would people be painting these? Um, you know, and here, here, think of this too. If these people were seeing this shit and this is hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years ago, and these people are seeing this shit and these people don't know any better. Um, they don't know the technology we know and, or whatever advancements we have now. You know, that seeing something like that, seeing a UFO in fucking 1300 would have totally been a religious experience. Meeting uh, an alien, um, getting abducted or some shit, right? We have all these abduction stories. If you got abducted in 1200 uh, or in 800, that's going to feel like a religious experience, right? You're going to think you're, you're being talked to by an angel or, or being picked up by God. Or the devil, you know? <laughs> uh, this next one is called The Glorification of the Eucharist, and it's from 1600, so it's 400 years ago. And it's God and Jesus <clears throat> sitting at the top of the canvas. It's God and Jesus um, sitting on a cloud with in the middle of them, in between them, is a circle. I'm guessing it's going to be considered the globe, right? Earth. But this circle that is in the middle of them has these two rods sticking out of it. And it's got like little, like almost, it's almost got like a metal feel to it, the circle. It's got like indents and, you know, it just looks rough. And again, these are paintings that are done by masters, right? These people know exactly what to put on the canvas to make it how they want it. So, you know, it's highly detailed stuff, highly detailed stuff. <clears throat> this circle in the middle has these two metal rods sticking out of it, and they're both holding it. God and Jesus are both holding it, and they're kind of sitting over like a, a, a room. They're on cloud, right? It symbolizes that they're up top heaven, and below them is, you know, just men, Looks like they're uh, maybe politicians or I'm guessing apostles of some sort, people of the church. Um, but this one's real interesting because it looks like Sputnik. It looks like a satellite, right? It looks like the first satellite we ever fucking launched into the sky. All right. The next one is the crucifixion. crucifixion. So it's uh, actually spelled X, crucifixion. Um and this one's from 1350. I believe this one is on, it's, it's some sort of mosaic. So that means it's on, a, you know, it's on the wall somewhere of, of some, some holy place, some church. Um, and this one's really crazy. So it's the crucifixion of Jesus, right? You got Jesus um, nailed to the cross. You got people weeping and everything. And behind at the, in the background of the painting, 
in in the blue sky you see angels flying by or whatever right you describe them as angels but they're not the angels that we're used to seeing it's not the angels with the wings right it's angels in these little silver spheres that are darting through the sky and you see these little beings inside of them or people or whatever and they're holding like little knobs right why is that there dude why is that there, right? Is that to symbolize um, angels or gods in the heavens or uh, uh, even Jesus maybe transitioning to the next life? Either way, it's really fucking crazy, man. Like, why is there little people in a sphere in a painting from uh, 750 years ago? Uh, is that the last one for that? No, we got more. So yeah, just more. This is the Madonna with San Giovanni. That one is a, a way more detailed UFO. So you've got the Madonna. It's a, a incredible painting, and it's a painting that you um, study in art history. Okay, um, and you've got the Madonna with um, I'm guessing baby Jesus and uh, some other little cherub, like a little uh, baby angel. And it looks like they're caring for Jesus, and it's just a beautiful scene, uh, very highly detailed and well done. And in the background, you know, you see the the background of the landscape. There's a fucking little spherical, another thing, a little flat spherical thing, like a UFO with these like little like metallic knobs. It's silver. It's it's gray. It's metallic, but it's also got like a golden shimmer to it. Um, and then you also in the background have a guy with his hand, um, over his fucking eyes, like looking into the sky, like what the hell is that? All right. And so again, that's a painting called the Madonna with San Giovanni, 15th century. Okay. Um, and then this one is a Chinese depiction and this is from 1803. And it's an uh, illustration from Umenokiri. Um, and according to the explanation, this depicts, uh, what does it depict? Can they show me the fucking, um, well, okay. It's basically depicting like this fucking sphere, right? This is what they said um, could travel them from place to place and it's this sphere it looks like a ufo right you got a guy standing over this tiny tiny little ufo um and it's basically describing its components here we have an italian cave painting from 10,000 bc all right uh an italian cave painting from 10,000 bc and basically on these rocks, it looks like some motherfucker went on there with chalk or some shit. Um, it's basically got these two silhouettes, let's just say, two figures, human-like figures. And you could tell the head and everything. Sorry. You could tell the head. Um, and around their head, it looks like they have, uh, you know, what you like what astronauts put on, a fucking helmet, a space helmet. Right with the glass in the front, and they kind of have like a glow to them, and it just looks fucking trippy, dude. Absolutely trippy. Um, French cave painting, thirteen thousand BC, 
and it's basically the shape of a UFO that, you know, you, it could be, could not be. And here's another, um, cathedral fresco, um, from the 17th century. And it's a crucifixion of Jesus, another one. And behind it again, uh, what looked, looked to be like little jellyfish UFO looking things flying in the sky. Um, and then let's see, what's another one? The ancient Mayans have a crazy um, depiction, and it's called Pakal's, Pakal's Sarcophagus. So it was their god. They, they named him uh, King Pakal, great ruler of the Mayan city, right? Palenque. Um, and this is uh, engraved into the man's sarcophagus. And it's basically uh, a man sitting in what looks to be some sort of vehicle con- contraption thing, right? And like, obviously, it's got these uh, Mayan, the Mayan sense of decoration in that a uh, lot of lines, line work, and just like intricacy. Um, but basically, you have this man sitting uh, in, in a weird position. He's got his foot on some sort of like, lever thing um he's got his hands his hands are doing something so his hands are like grabbing these two things and then he's got something up his nose right there's like a little thing that's up his nose and then it's like crazy intrication it's a huge piece but those are the those are the areas we're focusing on why is this man got a a tube up his nose why is this man holding these two like levers and why is this man pushing down on a pedal right what the fuck is that dude and this is some old ass shit ancient mayans ancient mayans disappeared long long time ago um this is definitely one of the more debated ones one of the more looked over ones because it really is um You know, you see something like that. You see a rendering of of that, and it's hard to not. It's hard for us to not go to that place. You know, maybe before, you know, maybe if a person had studied this two hundred years ago, an archaeologist studying this two hundred years ago, maybe it would have been a little different. But us, with what we we know now and and the imagery we're used to seeing. It's hard not to look at this and be like, dude, that guy looks like he's flying a spaceship, right? That guy looks like he's handling some sort of vehicle. <clears throat> so that's another one to check out, and it's Pakal's sarcophagus. Um, and then the last sort of imagery we're going to look here is the Nazca Lines. So the Nazca Lines are in Peru. Um and in Peru, there's these giant, there's this desert that like basically has no fucking wind, no nothing. So the, the sand, the gravel at the bottom, um, you could kind of carve a line in there and it'll stay there forever. So these ancient peoples who, who have now disappeared, they believe maybe it was the Incas or maybe it was some other types of people. Um, but they carved out these giant geoglyphs, right? These ancient people that when you go look at it in person and you're standing down there, it makes, it makes no sense. You're just seeing rocks, you know, you don't see any lines, but 
when you view them from the sky, that's when you can see the imagery, right? And it was basically basic images of, um, I guess you could say their their world, their surroundings, right? It's it's pictures of um, it's depictions of hummingbirds, of monkeys, of um, spiders, um, and people. All <laughs> uh, right, and so <clears throat> it's just super crazy. And the only way people figured that out was because. You know, um, people started flying over that area not too long ago, maybe a hundred years ago or so, uh, less than that. And they noticed that, whoa, what are those? Um, you know, and, and the people of Peru, every person from Peru that I've met is a huge believer in UFOs and aliens. They 100% believe in aliens. You talk to anybody from Peru, ask them about aliens, and I guarantee they will be freaked the fuck out. They'll be like, they won't even want to talk about it. That's how freaked out they are about aliens. Because they know it's ingrained in their culture. Um, You know, I lived with uh, a buddy of mine, a great mechanic. He's my mechanic as well. Uh, Rod, shout out Rod. He's from Peru, born and raised. Um, And the dude definitely believes in ufos and we've had some crazy fucking conversations about ufos and he sends me some crazy shit sometimes too you know but these people they all have experiences down there of seeing ufos like they don't fuck around um this other woman jolisa who i worked with worked with jolisa and her mom at this bakery um and uh they're from peru and I was talking to them about UFOs and they were freaked the fuck out about it. They don't even want to talk about it. They believe that, you know, we're we're, we're definitely uh, getting visited by UFOs. And there is a place, she said, there is a place in Peru. I think it was near Nazca where she was describing that she says you just can't go. You cannot go there at night because you're going to fucking see them and it's freaky. So there's like, you know, they know where to go see them. They know that they're out there. They know that they're... You know, she, she basically believes there's like weird little stargates and shit there in Peru. So, you know, like, uh, a whole race of people, I can't speak for the whole race of people, obviously, but a large number of, of people from Peru really, really believe in, in this stuff. Um, and look, even the ancient peoples believed in it because why would, and then this is why these Nazca lines are put into question and into the topic of ancient aliens, ancient astronaut theory. Because why would an ancient race of people need to do that, right? Why would an ancient race of people um, need to make these carve, take the time to carve out these, you know, mile long, uh, let's see, uh, covering an area nearly a thousand square kilometers or about 300 different figures, including animals and plants composed of over 10,000 lines, some of which measure 30 meters wide and stretch more than nine kilometers. Well, I'm an idiot. So let me see what kilometers to miles is. One kilometer is a half a mile. So if some of these could reach up to nine kilometers, you know, these are, <laughs> dude, these are like five miles long. Okay. These are like four and a half, five miles long. 
why would these and it's so so when you're looking at this down in the ground you don't see the lines right you just see like a, a little carved path or whatever it's just rocky it's a desert um but yeah they're most visible in the air you can see them from the hilltops as well but it's not you can't you can't really see it like good unless you're in a helicopter or in the sky flying over it so why would these ancient peoples do this right and so the theory is that these ancient peoples did this because um maybe they had a visitation maybe uh you know these maybe these aliens helped them out in some sort of way or maybe they just had like like jolisa like rod and like various Peru, peruvian modern peruvian people they see lights in the sky they see things in the sky um maybe they're just uh communicating to them maybe they were just communicating to them so that's what the the whole theory and that's why that kind of comes into the question <clears throat> you know and another thing you know is is those ancient sites the ancient megalithic sites uh even still to this day the 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 debate about the um, the great pyramids of giza right and how they were made these stone blocks um I'm not going to go into too much of the megaliths and the ancient sites today. Maybe that one could be saved for another one. Now we're going to start moving into the more modern, you know, into the more modern time. Um, basically like the last hundred years. Um, so let's start with like, you know, Nikola Tesla. We could start with Nikola Tesla, um, arguably one of the most famous inventors of all time, right? Uh, but Nikola Tesla, he claimed that he used to be visited by aliens. Nikola Tesla claims that he used to be fucking visited by aliens and they would um, instruct him. You know, they would uh, inspire him and instruct him to do what he did. Right. And Nikola Tesla was super, super ahead of his time right so you're talking about a guy in the late 1800s i believe early 1900s <clears throat> um 18 born 1856 died 1943 okay um yeah he he believed he was getting visited and he believed that he was uh getting communication from another race of beings flat out flat out this guy believed it um and he is you know arguably the most um influential uh electrical engineer and mechanical engineer ever known i think um and it was that big war between him and him and um god jesus christ you know, this fucking guy, dude. The guy who monetized off of everything. Thomas Edison. You know, Thomas Edison, he was a great in, in American inventor as well. Um, described as America's greatest inventor, right? But he also was a fucking thief. He also was a bit of a thief. Um, and some another thing, he's famous for is stealing 
uh, people's inventions and, and, and buying out patents and things of that nature. And so him and Tesla had a big fucking beef. Um, uh, so anyways, Tesla, you know, he had these, uh, you could say crazy, crazy remarks about whatever he was influenced, what he was influenced by that he had been visited since a child. But this is a guy who was coming up with things that, you know, we wouldn't see again until pretty much our time, right? He was trying to come up with ways where people could uh, have free electric energy. Just, just, you know, if you could just tap into a frequency, um, and that's not good for business, is it? Right? If if my if my phone could be chilling out right now, right? My phone's right next to me. If it's just sitting there and there's just free Wi-Fi in the air, or whatever free like energy that just charges it, right? <clears throat> this is the type of shit that he was like gearing towards, right? Free energy. Um. So yeah. Tesla, and then you get into, so he died, what would, he died in 1943. So this is uh, a man who was inventing the, the things he was inventing out of his mind, you know. Then we get into the 19, late 1940s where it was the Roswell crash, right? The Roswell crash happens in 1947. July 8th, 1947, um, Roswell Daily record the capture of a flying saucer. Lincoln County, New Mexico, right? And they said it was a uh, weather balloon, right? But people, there's a, there's a lot of arguments that, you know, people did uncover bodies, people did take in aliens, and people did take the UFO. And we reverse engineered it flat out. If you look at 1947 after 1947 around the 1950s we started coming out with the with the microchips we started coming out with right every it was like our advancements from the 1950s and on boomed boomed and there was this i forget where i was watching it but it was basically um they took that stuff to one of the colleges and um, I forget which college. Uh, it was somewhere out west. And um, basically, these these engineers reversed engineered it. These engineering students, you know, and they didn't know what they were fucking working on. The government comes over and they say, "Hey, we got a project for you." They bring you a piece of this fucking metal UFO that you've never fucking seen before, and they say, uh, "Can you figure out how this works?" Okay. Right. And so they did that. And, and there were some sort of advancements. And that's where we got the microchip. That's where we started getting, you know, these like integrated circuits of technology really booming to, to where we're at. That's where we started making computers. Right. It's it's uh, it's really interesting to note the technological advancements that humans made after that crash. Um, and there's an interesting documentary. I just, you know, I, I can't remember it right now what it was called. Um, and so now that we're on that, you know, reverse engineering side of it, um, definitely check out Bob Lazar. And if you don't know who Bob Lazar is, Bob Lazar <clears throat> is um, he's a super smart guy, man. He is an engineer. Um 
and he was hired by the U.S. government to work in an area called S4. Right? It was a secret. Uh, it was like Area 51, right? But they called this secret site S4, and um, there he worked on reverse engineering um, power and propulsion system. Right. And so that's what he describes the way he describes, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this whole fucking thing. Right. But if you if you're interested in this story, check out Bob Lazar's podcast with Joe Rogan. Check out the documentary on Bob Lazar on Netflix. Right. They're both tremendous. So, Bob, will go to work. You know, and you're you're design you're designated this area, and this is what you're working on. You're working on power and propulsion with this other guy, and that's it. You guys don't fucking talk about, you know, what's going on in the room next door. You don't even peek in there or anything like that. And so, you know, a lot of what this guy described, <clears throat> and when he came out in the '80s saying, "Hey, this is what I did," um, you know, it got met with a lot of ridicule. But a lot of what he described ended up coming into fruition 20, 30 years later, right? So he described um, he described an element. One of the things he talked about was, you know, he was having a very hard time um, figuring this thing out. He was like, dude, this, I can't figure this thing out. You know, he just, he, he could not understand how this thing worked, you know, and, and his colleague as well. And the, and the colleagues before him couldn't understand it either. Right. Um, He describes this thing as being an anti-gravity device. He describes this um, particular object that he was working on as uh, being able to bend gravity. Right. Um, And that's why he he believes that these UFOs, they can move so fast. It could be over there and then pop over here and without a sound, you know, and they just... You know, he says it's like magic, right? Um, it's a thing that bends gravity. That we we are propulsion, right? Humans are, we propel, we push, we fucking blaze it up and we go forward, right? This is a different thing where you could go forward, backwards, side to side. It don't matter. You're bending gravity to get to point A to point B. This is a whole different, you know, this is a whole different realm of physics, basically, what he's describing. Um, and that's why humans can't understand. That's why we've been trying to reverse engineer things for, you know, a better, a better part of 60 years. Uh, maybe more, maybe more. Um, so anyways, he describes this element. The only thing he could figure out was what was inside of it. And it was this element that you can't find on earth. And he, he labeled it element 115. Was it 115 or 113? The element 115? I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, Weaponize element 115, yeah. So, you know, he said there's this element, element, uh, out of the various things he claimed, element 115, you know, that was his big thing, element 115 is how they're using to power this this type of thing. Um, 20 years later, I think it was in 20, no, maybe 30 years later, I think it was around 2015, 
Um, guess what gets on the put on the periodic table of elements? Element 115. Um, the same exact element he was talking about does the same thing, okay? But this is a patented element 115. That's what we put on the period table, a patented element 115. So one that we presumably reverse engineered, one that we have to create because we, we don't fucking have it here. You know, another really crazy thing he claimed was going inside of the ship. Because he said, you know, before he got hired, uh, they were really impressed on his whatever he was doing with propulsion at the time because he was working for, you know, various other uh, agencies and things of that nature, engineering things. Um, And before when they hired him, they gave him this whole like uh, debrief packet. And in it, he's reading it and he's thinking like, this can't be fucking real. Right. He's thinking like this can't be real, you know, because they were talking about um, you're going to be working on uh, you basically UFOs that uh, they called them. They called them spacecrafts that are not from Earth. Um, Some are ancient. okay. some are archaeological uh, findings and others are crashes. Right. And so he's reading this shit and he's like, this is fucking this. They got to be fucking with me. Right. They got to be pulling my leg. And he gets there. It's like, no shit. That's what it really is. Um, so he's working on these. And one of the crazy things for me when he was describing on the Joe Rogan podcast was um, he had convinced the his his superiors like, look, I I'm not having any. You know, it's been months. I have no. um real progress with this thing. I have no idea what, you know, where this thing even comes from or what it goes to. Can I please just look at the vehicle it came from, um, and assess it and, and see if maybe that can kind of help out. Uh, and so the, the guy, he didn't want to do it, but he let him do it because it's against protocol, right? They want to keep you in your spot because they want to limit what you're seeing, what you're knowing so that you don't go fucking telling you know the public what's going on <clears throat> so he uh he describes going into this little fucking um this little ufo and it was like you know the the classic ufo looking thing and um he describes how it's like you go inside and it was like the way he described it, it almost sounded like it was kind of like cave like right and it was like all like this dark metal and um everything was curved right there's no like sharp edges like you know humans we 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 make walls it's sharp edge we make columns those are sharp right um this is all curved right and it's all curved um he said it's almost like everything was just melted into place right it's very weird he said the only recognizable thing and there's not like knobs there wasn't anything it was like a seat and then the thing where the uh, the what he was working on goes to right. Um, you, it put it gets put on like some sort of weird column thing, and I guess through your thoughts or whatever through the being's thoughts they they control that thing. Um, and he said the only recognizable thing that he that he could recognize it was some sort of like air duct thing, but it was like. of a spongy material that you could put your hand on it and kind of like squeeze it and, and it would like, 
you know, open into this little hole, uh, into this little opening crevice area. But that was it. You know, that was the only thing he could recognize that was from this earth. You know, he said the whole thing was really surreal and, and downright creepy, it sounded like. Um, he also describes uh, the testing that <clears throat> that the government does with these UFOs. <clears throat> and how when they were testing these fucking things, dude, you know, you're seeing this go from point A to point B to just hovering and just, you know, just flying, dude, flying. Like, we don't have this type of technology. And the be- the best thing about it was he describes this. He says, you know, picture, and I could be butchering this. He said something along these lines, picture, um, us dropping a nuclear reactor to somebody in like the 1300s, a scientist or somebody in the 1300s, uh, and seeing if they want, if they uh, figure it out, right? They would pick at it, they would poke at it, they would end up getting radiation. They would never fully understand what it is because it's, you know, light years ahead of what they have, and so that's what he describes. Um, this technology as he says, it's just light years from anything we have or anything we can comprehend. And to me, you know, it just sounds like, okay, if these beings are one of these visitors or whatever that they have, uh, are from another planet, another solar system, who's to say there's not a whole different set of physics over there. Who's to say they're not even older than us. Right. Um, and that's why they're so advanced. Who's to say that maybe they're not as old as us? Maybe they just happen to find, you know, the right elements or this and that to 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 master space travel like that. Um, yeah, who's to say there's just not a whole different set of physics over there? I mean, the whole thing is just really mind-boggling. It's kind of freaky to fucking think about. But and then he also talked about those those ancient archaeological uh, digs. You know, these archaeological digs that they find these ancient UFOs that they try to reverse engineer. I mean, boom, dude, bananas. Absolutely bananas. Um, You know, I've always been super interested in this fucking topic. Uh, I could understand how sometimes it could get super fucking freaky. um, Super out there. At the same time, these things are out of our control, but... You know, apparently the the government's supposed to disclose uh, all their knowledge on UFOs in the next six months. So we'll see. Um, But it's also like, man, look at how the public reacts with the pandemic. Look at how the public reacts uh, for a hurricane or for, you know, anything. They panic by people panic. Uh, People stock up on fucking ammo. (coughs) Um, It's, I also understand the government. (laughs) You know, I also understand the, these people in power or these people that might see these things because it's also like, how are we supposed to tell um, our civilization, right? that we have these things when we don't even know what the fuck they are. We can't even fully explain to you what this is, who these people are, where they came from. 
you know, they have some sort of understanding in the Bob Lazar thing. He was talking about, you know, this particular thing you're working on um, is believed to come from Sirius B star system, right? So wild shit, dude, wild shit. I mean, and look, here's the thing. People could say, oh, there's no evidence for this and that. Go, go look, go look. The evidence is overwhelming. It's just about if you're going to be open-minded to thinking that this is a possibility, which it totally fucking is, man. You know, it totally 100% is. Um, and we just can't think that we're, we're alone in this universe, you know. Um, but look at humans. My my biggest fear with the whole alien thing is how humans would react. And and so I believe that the government's probably doing right by keeping all this shit uh, withheld as much as they can. Because it's like, you know, you don't want to panic people. Um, we still got to get the, get the whole money game going, right? They got the whole fucking shit of money going. Um and all that could fall obsolete, you know. What do you what if there's a whole different fucking civilization that just doesn't even work on money? They just do things. And they just uh excel as a civilization together. <laughs> uh but it's also like how human beings would react. Like, you know, let's say some galactic fucking federation comes over and they're like, All right, Earth, we recognize you, you guys have become um <laughs> technologically advanced enough to enter the federation uh <laughs> you know we just fucking nuke them nuke them right we would freak out bro so i don't know you know it's just crazy shit to think about I'm, something i've always been been interested in and uh, i'll continue being interested in and, and and watching and researching and reading you know but whether whether or not it's a real thing um you know, we're definitely not alone in the universe. Um, we're not alone. Uh, and um, I don't know. It's also like just how there's shitty people. There's probably shitty aliens and just how there's good, good people. There's probably good aliens. Um, but I don't even like the term aliens. I like the terms, uh, the term being more, you know beings makes more sense to me right another race of beings um but i really firmly believe with the evidence that we've had and, and some of the evidence we've gone over today that we are definitely descendants from beings um because dude think about this right we live on earth okay with everything on earth lives on earth. We live on earth. We live inside of homes. Okay. We go outside. We wear goddamn shoes. Okay. Um, we, <laughs> we're driving in metal fucking vehicles with rubber tires and shit. We're, we're flying in the sky. Um, we're sitting on the internet all day. I'm over here talking shit on a podcast, putting it on the internet, reaching somebody around the world. I could go on the Xbox right now, play fucking Fortnite with some 12-year-old kid from China, right? Um, we are the fucking aliens, bro. We are the aliens. Every single animal, every single being on this planet lives on this planet 
we live sheltered from this planet. So think about that. All right. That's how I'm going to end this one. The Risk Report with Roman the Stoic. We're at episode number 17. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.